0: How would you like to make more money, but with a smaller ad budget? Hi, my name is Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. And in this episode, I'm speaking with Alana Wexler from teachtraffic.com, who is one of my all-time favorite marketers. She has a marketing membership, an ad agency, and spends tens of millions of dollars per year in ad spend. And in this podcast episode, we specifically talk about how you should be structuring your Google Ads account. And your Facebook ads accounts so you can spend less money on your marketing budget but actually have a higher impact and make more sales. We also talk about when to start remarketing ads and when you should start running cold traffic ads in your business. And it's a certain stage when you should be running each of these. We also talk about what type of cold traffic ads you should actually run, and then what type of remarketing ads you should be running. And here's the kicker, your remarketing ads shouldn't just be you selling a different product. Or the same product and we're going to talk about what those remarketing ads should actually be about instead. Then we talk about why long copy ads are converting better than short copy ads and we talk about why marketing across multiple ad platforms can actually help you get amazing exposure even with minimal ad spend. There's so much more we also talk about in this episode. It's such a valuable episode. You guys are absolutely going to love it. Before we get stuck into this episode, I want to tell you that this podcast, is not the only way that i can help you for free i have my due diligence framework which a lot of people in the industry have been raving about which will actually help you with knowing what to look out for when buying a website including questions you should be asking the seller and the brokers as well so to get that go to buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash free resources and there's some other awesome free resources on that page too let's get stuck into the podcast episode Today's episode is brought to us by Niche Website Builders, which is a company a few of my clients are using and have used for content creation and link building services. They do everything from start to finish, so from keyword research all the way to uploading your completed article for you. We've also had Bob members buy ready-made affiliate sites built by Niche Website Builders. So, if you're looking to outrank your competitors content and build better backlinks, Niche Website Builders and I have a special deal for you. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. But again, that's www.nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. Do you want to start investing in websites but don't want to drop $20,000 or more on your first investment, check out Odie's where you can buy premium aged domains to build a website on and add done for you affiliate site packages to help you grow your website and get seen. Instead of buying a crummy website that's been built to sell with no authority, buy a premium aged domain with built-in authority, great SEO and fresh quality content for your website. Odie's right now has a crazy, 30% 30% off summer sale on until the end of August. So head to odys.global to check out their great deals. That's odys.global. Link will be in the description too. Welcome back, Alana.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here. It's Thanks
0: good for to have you me back.
1: L- what, a, what an honor.
0: I know. And it was only last episode was episode 85. Uh, I think we're on like almost 120 something now, time of recording this one. And we talked about in our last episode, we talked about the top three mistakes people make with Facebook and Google ads. But today I want to kind of dive into like what comes even before setting up ads. Um, Because I've noticed that you talk about why it's super important that people structure their ad accounts the right way. What do you mean by like structuring your ad account? If
1: you think about the big picture and really success with advertising, success with marketing in general, hinges on on ad relevance essentially. So as an end user, you want your end user to feel that you're speaking to them specifically and only them and addressing their problems. And if you're a business that sells to sort of multiple different types of people, so for example, uh, my main business is teaching people how to run ads, right? So I've got people who've got e-commerce stores and I've got people who run like say a dental practice, etc. If I talk to the dental practice owner about e-commerce, it's not relevant to them, right? Yeah. So I have to really think about who my target customer is to talk specifically to them, and you do that through structure, Uh, structure, structuring your ad account such that you're segmenting or segregating people based on what message you want to communicate with that particular person so you can ensure ad relevance. And how you structure your accounts kind of differ a little bit if you're doing Google ads or you're doing Facebook ads.
0: Well, let's stick with one for now. Let's just make it easier. Let's say Google ads. Like how to like. What okay. are we going to be doing in, in terms of like structuring an account the right way? Is it mm. making sure that we target the right people or is that, you know, that just in ads or like you, yeah, I don't even know what you mean by structuring because this is, this is interesting. I'm, I'm learning myself here as well. Okay,
1: cool. Awesome. Awesome. So what I, um, uh, if we kind of touch on the classic mistake that people make, and I mean, I've been doing this for so long. I say, you know, the online ad world is kind of like dog years. So I've been doing this for what feels to be like a very, very long time. And the classic, classic mistake that people make over and over again. And by the way, I don't blame them for making this mistake because they follow a lot of the Google default prompts and fall into these traps like inadvertently. And if I didn't know any better, I too would fall into these traps. So, firstly, don't beat yourself up if you're going to be listening to this and thinking, "Oh my god, I, I'm a, you know I've made these mistakes." It literally everyone does. So, the classic mistake that people make on the Google Ads side is they create one campaign. And that campaign is targeting multiple um, areas in Google ad platform search and display because it's one of the default settings that are Mm. already enabled, right? Mm -hmm. So they create one campaign, then they create one ad group within that campaign. And if you think of it like a tree, like a hierarchy, right? And then within that one campaign, they'll have about 300 keywords that all relate to their business, but are somewhat unrelated to each other. So if we go through like a dental example, because I just used that example before, say a dentist says, yes, I want to do Google ads. So they create that one campaign, that one ad group, and then in that ad group they have keywords such as, you know, Dentist Sydney, Dentist Bondi, Invisalign, um, Dental Implants, Root Canal, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Now the problem with that is as an end user or as the person who you're advertising to, all they see is the one ad that's shown to them. Right now in the Google ad world, ad groups are kind of called ad groups for a reason. And that's because it's the ad that is attached to that group, right? So what Google does is they say, okay, someone's typed in Dentist Sydney, Where is that keyword in this ad group and we're going to show them that particular ad if someone types in dental implants oh here it is it's in this ad group we're going to show them that same ad so by having all the keywords which are related to your business but even they're somewhat unrelated to each other Mm -hmm. in the one ad group it's only going to show the one ad so for the person who types in you know root canal sydney they might see an ad about implants which is not relevant, which is why we come back to success with ads is all about ad relevance. So to structure it correctly, which is what the origin of your question, what you would do is you can create one campaign, but you create multiple ad groups within that one campaign. So you would have one ad group related to implants and Mm. the ad attached to that will talk about implants. You'll have another ad group talking about root canal and the ad attached to that talks about root canal, right? And you see where I'm going with this. And that's where structure comes in. And this is, I can't tell you, I mean, how many times, and I still see this same mistake taking place. I mean, it's got to a point where I just have to ask someone, did you set this account up yourself without any help or somebody else helping you? And if they answer yes, like I literally don't even have to look in their account. I know exactly what they've done because of all the, the Google default settings. Yeah. So, that's it's, what I mean by structure.
0: That's amazing. It, it's like to unpack this a little bit more is like for people listening, it's not just a, a, a good thing for measuring the results of an ad, but really you can save so much money by only putting an ad, a specific ad to the right person because like say you're, you know, spending $100 a day or whatever it is on a Google ad and it's for one type of ad to everybody, there's 80% of those people that see that it may not be the right ad for them and they they may just want a teeth clean from the dentist rather than the root canal filling, right? That's right. Yep. so much money left on the table through incorrect structuring
1: so much left on the table as well as what's going to happen is a few things are going to happen generally speaking you're not going to get a very good uh what's called click-through rate because the ads aren't relevant so mm. when somebody types in root canal they're going to see an ad for implants like i don't know i don't want implants google yeah, I typed in root canal or whatever right so you're going to get a bad click-through rate. Google's then going to see all these, uh, your ads being shown and not many people clicking on them, which is the low click-through rate. And they're going to go, oh, this is not a good advertiser. This is not a good user experience. We're going to penalise this particular advertiser with uh, what's called a, a bad quality score, which is sort of Google's metric by which they measure sort of how good of an advertiser are you? And as a result of getting a bad quality score, you pay more on a cost per click basis. So, um, yeah, so contrary to the belief that this is a traditional auction system in the Google ad platform where the person who pays or who bids the highest wins the auction and, and is in the number one ad spot, It's actually not the case. Um, The the person who's in the number one ad spot has the highest, what's called ad rank. But you can get a really good ad rank by having a really good quality score and actually pay less in the number one ad spot than somebody in the number two spot, which is most people don't realize. So true story, if someone has come to me in the past with an account with really poor structure, we've just completely rebuilt the account, get good quality, get good click-through rates, get good quality score, the cost per click goes down and they spend less money actually just by implementing the right structure.
0: What we talked about there is mainly the targeting, having the, the right offer for the right targeting really. There's a lot yeah, in between exactly all of that. But is that the same? So we talked about Google there. Is that going to be the same for Facebook where you should have the right targeting for the right offer. So would that be in Facebook specific audience targeted to a specific offer and have, what have we got? We got um, ads, ad set level. I forget what it is in Facebook. I know there's three.
1: Campaigns, ad sets, and then ads.
0: Correct. So you could have one campaign but different ad sets and different ads.
1: Exactly. So you would segment your ad sets, which is where you do your targeting at the ad set level so you segment your ad sets as per different customer avatars yes. and then write ad copy relevant to that particular customer avatar. With Facebook, though, um, it does kind of get a little bit grey for the pure fact that people will hopefully share your ad or tag tag their friends and stuff. So it, if your ad is really relevant and the offer is really good in such a way that it really resonates with people, they – highly likely to hit that share button and then you kind of lose control as to who's seeing it because then it's shared within their network and then you know it kind of breeds a life of its own so it doesn't really work in such a black and white way like it does on google yeah Um, but that's not to say you shouldn't do that like absolutely so the equivalent to the classic mistake on facebook would be that they would put all their customer avatars in the one ad set uh, and i would say definitely don't do that you would segment them
0: Okay, cool. So my marketing brain right now, Alana goes, we've really just talked about cold traffic, really, isn't it? Because if if we're going to get, if we're targeting keywords and targeting um, different audiences rather than a remarketing audience, we're really targeting cold traffic. But before we get in our business, if we're like, all right, my, biz- my business is going quite good i want it to go you know i'm not doing any advertising on google or facebook and, and i want to increase the sales do we start with retargeting ads first or do we start with making sure we can get people to our website and and retargeting those people first like where would somebody start with ads before they get to that cold traffic
1: yeah structure? so i am personally a big, big believer in starting with what you've got and that is with the existing audience that you have. So in the years that I've been helping people, I always recommend them to start with a retargeting audience first um, for a few reasons. Number one, it's a really good way to test uh to see if you can convert bottom of funnel people, bottom of funnel people, people who already know you, they've come to your website, they didn't buy for whatever reason, perhaps they don't like your product or service, or they're just not quite ready. And most people will fall into the camp of not quite ready. So I love starting with retargeting first because it's a, it's just, it's a good way to to, uh, test an offer. Number one. And number two, it's um, it doesn't cost a lot of money, right? So, It's a great way to test different offers and find which offer really resonates with your existing, you know, visitors. You don't have to convince the people as to who you are. They already know you. They've come to your website. And my experience and belief is such that if you can't convert your retargeting audience into customers, the answer is not to buy more traffic. The answer is actually to change your offer. So you fix that bot, that leaky bucket first and then once you start making some sales, and you don't need to make a lot of sales because most people actually don't get a lot of traffic to their website and that's okay because you you can easily get traffic. <laughs> you just want to make sure that you're plugging the holes first before you start pouring more water into that bucket. So that's always been the way
0: that I, I do it. That's great. I might give an example for people here is that if you have uh, people coming to your website or I guess your Facebook, Instagram, whatever accounts that you can set up different audiences and retarget them, if you can't get a product that is selling to a remarketing audience, the chance of you being able to sell it to a cold audience is, uh, is very minimal, slim to, to non-existent, right? So I guess that's why you're saying test different offers and the offer that works the best, then you can start experimenting. Offer that works the best with remarketing ads, people that already know who you are, then you can ex- start, do you start experimenting with people with ads for cold traffic to that offer?
1: I generally don't. Okay. No, I generally don't. Uh, obviously, it depends on the product, right? Or the, or the service. But yes. often we, you know, the, the point of your retargeting offer is to sweeten the deal a little bit. So I like to kind of keep that up my sleeve a little bit. Um, But really it's all about I can send a flood flood of traffic to a site, but can I convert that traffic? And, yes, I might not convert it straight away, but ultimately within a 7-, 14-, or 30-day period, I need to convert that traffic into Uh, and obviously you're not going to get a hundred percent conversion rate, but a portion of that traffic into sales to make my ads viable, to make my ad account sort of, so I'm not losing money, right? Which is not the point of it. (laughs) So I, I wouldn't show that offer to cold traffic. I mean, look, you could try if you're still making plenty of money. It just, just know then that if you probably want to show a different offer or something different to, bring people back if you if you imagine you know that they're coming to your site they're spending some period of time on there and then they're leaving why are they going to come back if they're going to just have a look at the same thing in exactly the same way so just think about the experience for yourself you know would would you come back and maybe you would maybe because you know you got interrupted or something but um for often for most people you've got to you got to push them off the fence a little bit
0: so can you give us an example for like an e-commerce business of of what that would be, like a an offer for remarketing and then an offer for cold traffic?
1: Yeah. I mean, an offer for remarketing would be free shipping. You know, okay. that's that's um, you know, maybe they've got free shipping over fifty dollars, but then a mm-hmm. retargeting campaign might be free shipping over thirty dollars. They just sweetened right. the deal a little bit, like something was holding someone back.
0: Yes, got that,
1: you. That that kind of thing. It's just like you came, you attempted, you didn't quite buy, but how about if I put this in in front of you or, yeah. um, or a two-for-one or something? There are many, many um, examples of retargeting campaigns and, and also sh- shopping cart abandonment campaigns. Oh, I Rather than giving freebies, I personally like to value add and I yep. think that kind of I don't like to train customers to wait for freebies and mm-hmm. I know people kind of, have intentionally abandoned their shopping cart before to see what deals sort of come their way so I don't like to lots discount. of people
0: do that I do no. that
1: <laughs> yeah exactly right yeah. so I don't like to I don't like to to, to discount because as I said I much prefer to value add
0: yeah because there would be a percentage of people that would come to the site and go all right I'm just going to You know, wait to see if there's a pop up for a discount code, and then, you know, a huge percentage of your orders are going to get a discounted price. I like your idea of value adding, and I think a cool way to value add, or what I picked up on is what you've done is like you can knock off some objections with your remarketing ads by it being a a value add. For example, you said the free shipping, but also people that want to buy. A T-shirt. They don't know which one's going to be a better color or which one's going to be a better fit. Buy what you want. Send back what you don't. You don't want. Yeah. And get get your refund. Things like that, right? Like knocking off objections to pre- that prevent people from purchasing the product.
1: That's right. Or maybe you can offer some kind of like you know instead of a one year warranty, it's a two year warranty. Mm. And it hasn't discounted, but it's a higher perceived value for people. Yeah. At the end of the day, like people want to get a deal, right? Like who doesn't love a good deal? Mm-hmm. So you've got to portray it in a way that people feel like they're getting a good, a better deal having, you know, so that's the way I liked, I like to think about it. Um, and then obviously a cold traffic, you could do any number of offers up, you know, people, I know people, also, I also prefer once again to discounting value adding. So, you know, buy two, get one free yeah. kind of thing. So you, once again, you're boosting the average order value and people feel like they're getting something for free. So the average order item is, is lower. That kind of thing is what I personally prefer to do. Just And then it, if we can get that to work with ads, then they pay for themselves on the front end and then we've got a whole back end and we're kind of in the money and we have a lot more scope to do stuff with ads.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. Now, I wanna, I'm going to come back to remarketing and me- ask you about what you said about structuring with cold ads or structuring your ad account at all. With remarketing, say I've got like uh, an e-commerce brand and I've got an audience on my website. I've got an audience on Instagram and I've got an audience on say TikTok or Facebook. Would I structure my ads and have and 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 send different ads to each one of those audiences. So one, you know, a particular offer for Instagram, and then a particular offer for um, Facebook or TikTok, and then a particular offer for my website visitors. Would I test between, you know, what's the right offer for the right audience?
1: I mean, you could. I, I personally don't do that. I often will because I'm sending them to the same place. Okay, right. I mean, you could do an inst. I mean. I guess there's probably not much need to make it so granular, mm. um, but you, there's no there's no reason why you couldn't. Um, but I personally don't do that. Um, yeah, we generally just create the one offer for those retargeting audiences, and as you touched on. Um, Obviously, you've got your audience of people who've come to your website, and that's sort of your website retargeting audience. And as you sort of touched on, there are also um, engagement audiences where you can. So, if on the Google side of things, you have an audience of people who've watched uh, a a YouTube video, if you've got a YouTube channel, yeah, uh, so you can create an engagement audience of uh, people who've watched your YouTube video, but you can only show those people an audience on the Google ad platform, yeah, on social if you've got an audience, people who've engaged with your Instagram profile or Facebook profile or watched a video, uh, you can only show those engagement audiences and add on Facebook and Instagram, obviously. Yeah. So that's um, the sort of caveat with that. I do love those engagement audiences and they're a great way that if you don't actually get a lot of traffic to your website or you don't have a big database, you can really boost those retargeting audience sizes by those engagement audiences. And I would just also make sure that, if you do run those engagement audiences make sure you send show those ads and get them to go to your website so that you're then ultimately boosting your website retargeting audience because as jared you and i were talking about before we hit record you don't want to build your home on somebody else's land and put all your eggs in let's say the facebook ad basket because facebook are notorious for shutting down accounts and if uh you, that shocks you. We've never heard of it before. It is very much uh, alive and well, happens all the time. Facebook can and will shut down your account without any warning and you may or may not get your ad account back. I've had many, many people come to me crying going, that's the only way that I generate leads. And I'm like, well it's it's like it's inevitable it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when really and even if you're in a very sort of benign industry as, as we were saying like i had someone come to me who sold t-shirts had their ad account shut down another person who sold like chicken coop stuff you know like yeah. they're not really like doing anything naughty they're not in an industry that's um you know sailing close to the wind in that respect yeah. and yeah they got it shut or down. Well
0: not you know my industry of make money online exactly. it's, uh, it's 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 you know, it's pretty hard um,
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: To, to, to you know, you are helping. I am helping people make money online. But if I was to use the words, I'm going to help you make money online in my ad, you know, my Facebook ad account is going to be gone. gone. <laughs> exactly. Not, that, I, not <laughs> that that was the reason that my Facebook ad account did get closed down. Um, but, um, and that's the thing. Facebook won't give you a... Uh, support. We you mentioned that as well. Facebook, you know, I when my ad account got shut down, it's been shut down twice now. I got it back the first time, which is great. And that was my huge lesson on single source dependency and why I'm not too worried that it got shut down this time. This last time it got shut down is no no word of warning, no oh you need to do this differently or you need to do that better or you can't do this and you can do that. It's just Go check out our privacy policy or our terms and conditions. And that's that's it. You know, it's I know. It's, it's brutal. Terrible. Yeah, yeah,
1: brutal. So, uh, yeah, sort of going back to what we were talking about before with your engagement audiences, just always make sure, and I don't know, this has just been drummed into me also <laughs> from having learned from experience, mm. um, to always send traffic to your own website. to that, That's the asset that you control. And really, at the end of the day, actually, I'm a massive believer in uh, building your own database and even sending ads just to get people on a newsletter or a database is a yeah. really viable strategy.
0: Yeah. Owning that audience. Uh, Like you mentioned in YouTube, you could have everybody on YouTube and you could just put all of your money into getting more subscribers and getting more people to view your YouTube videos and YouTube could turn around. And if you didn't take people off YouTube into your email list or to your site and pixel them or track them in other ways you know, you can't, you don't own that and Google could, YouTube could just take away a YouTube account like they do with Facebook accounts, right? That's right. That's yeah, it's exactly, scary. That's exactly
1: right. Um, I'd also suggest um, your, if you're going to start with retargeting and I highly recommend you do, is to retarget on multiple platforms as well. I'm a massive believer in that. I was actually having a conversation with someone like literally last week um, who is sort of you know, they're in teach traffic and I uh, was, was sort of helping them structure some shopping campaigns anyway long story short, but like they're like oh well you know we buy a bunch of fake fa- cold traffic on Facebook ads but then we retarget on Google so that's what works really well. So make sure you do retargeting on on multiple platforms um, because what you will find is you might find you do Facebook ads for your cold traffic and, and outreach or that works really well but then you will capture a lot of that traffic on on Google and even vice versa actually Google shopping yeah. e-commerce Google shopping and then retarget on Facebook it's it's very um the, the, you know your your users are on multiple platforms so your retargeting ads need to as well yeah. I actually ran a challenge recently I don't know if it's worth mentioning uh, a retargeting cha- a 14 day challenge Cool. Te- um, teaching people how to do it I mean it's like 10 bucks or something I sold it for, is
0: it still so. is it still available
1: it is yeah, yeah. so you can um, so
0: We'll Sorry. get the link. What's the link?
1: Uh, TeachTraffic.com slash challenge.
0: Amazing. And actually, uh, yeah. I have heard great things about this challenge on another podcast you're on, on James's oh. podcast. Oh, and okay. uh, I haven't done it myself, but I've heard people have got some amazing results. So, guys, check that out. I'll put a link to that in the show notes.
1: Yeah, awesome. But it basically breaks. Goes down. Um, obviously, I broke it down into fourteen steps, uh, but exactly how you can do that—how to you know create your, your um, the tracking and the conversion tracking and the audiences and the engagement audiences—and yeah, in fourteen days you will have uh, campaigns live on both platforms.
0: That's cool. I, I really—I'll put a link to that in the show notes, guys. I really do like the cross-pollination of multi channels where you I can promote. Um, something on YouTube, a product on YouTube, or I can promote a content video on YouTube, and then and then send them to us, send them to my website, pixel them, and and then target them on Facebook with a with a proper ad. It's 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 amazing combination to have multi multi channels. And I remember, you know, a lot of people just come to me and say, Jared, you're just everywhere. And I'm not though. I'm on two channels. I'm just everywhere that they are because I know where they are, and that's where I'll I'll spend my my focus and attention. At. You you don't really need to spend that much money either because, you you know, people must think this guy is spending a lot of money on on ads. When if you just know how to target people right, you can f- you can make it feel like you are everywhere.
1: Yeah, and if you're also um, coming back really full circle to structure if you structure your retargeting campaigns the right way like you also one of my big pet hates is like people showing the same ad over, retargeting ad over and over again so restructuring your ads such that your creative is rotated so you don't bombard people with the same ad over and over again and if they don't click and they don't come back to your website then they fall off and then you know you're not sort of annoying people with the same ad also who never click and, you know, never come back. So you have short audiences so that if they don't come back in 14 days, they've dropped off and then you're not annoying people and I think that more, that's more harm than good really.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And do you recommend different types of ads? Say somebody's like, I'm going to start advertising on Google. Do mm-hmm. you have different types of ads? Because this, this can be confusing to a lot of people. Like what type of ads should they actually start with on Google and then we'll move to Facebook?
1: retargeting ad?
0: yeah like i'm um, you know should it be a, a shopping ad should it be a you know a display a search ad like there's so many different types of ads
1: retargeting first i i once again you know i like multiple different forms so i yeah. do love a google display retargeting ad right uh the latest at the time of this recording uh, you need to do what's called a responsive display ad as we- and you can also do, which is optional, like static banners. Google is definitely moving away uh, to just doing responsive display where basically you give Google a bunch of images and a bunch of different ad copy and they mix and match the different variations and combinations. And uh, as I said, at the time of this recording, you can do just static banners in addition to that. If you just do the banners as well, you, you won't actually get any impressions because they force you to do the responsive. So it's obviously a shift towards I reckon they're going to retire your ability to do banners, but for now you still can. So I like to do both. And I do like to do search retargeting as well. So someone comes to your website and then they're Google searching something and we can really bid top of funnel for that type of search queries. Cool. On the cold traffic side for Google I mean, for your e-commerce, like you just have to be on Google Shopping. It works incredibly, incredibly well. I do teach like a two-tiered approach for, for Google Shopping uh, because I don't know if I – forgive me if I talk too, too much technical stuff, but shopping campaigns have what's called priority where you can tell Google which campaign you want to show above another so I kind of teach a two-tiered shopping strategy where we will have a uh, higher priority uh, campaign and bid, bid low and a lower priority and bid high and that way. We sort of – it's a bit hard to explain. <laughs> but uh, we sort of have our um, – yeah, whatever. It's just to force There's our different- good ads to be on the left essentially.
0: Okay. Okay, Cool. And so, for Facebook, would people so would we'll stick with ecom as well because that's it's going to be easier to explain just one type of business model. What what type of ads are you getting people to do? Video ads, image ads, and what's the you know type of ad that is you've seen people getting results with?
1: It once again it depends on on the type of business and the, the product or service. For e-commerce, you know sometimes you just can't get past a really good. Um, Product image ad on a white background with a good offer. Yeah. But having said that, um, you know, I've also seen some really, really good video ads for e-commerce where it's a face-to-camera video and just someone kind of explaining what the product is and the and the features and the benefits of it. Cool. And you know, not doesn't go for too long, like maybe you know, ninety seconds or two minutes. And you've like it's almost like you're emulating the feeling of somebody being in a store, picking up and holding the product, looking at opening it, looking at it, experiencing it. So you're emulating that kind of feeling for people. Creating
0: that emotional connection to the product, right?
1: Yeah, and also overcoming the objections that might be in their head. Actually, I recently interviewed uh, someone on my podcast um, who was selling a um, really cool product, actually. Uh, It was... A wallet which was made out of old baseball gloves, right?
0: <laughs> so right. sort of,
1: um you know repurpose the leather into a, a, a wallet cool and um yeah he he also said the same thing they had a face camera video and obviously it was a really nice backdrop right but um of someone just explaining the wallet, where it came from, opening in it, showing them how many cards it it held, etc. And he said, like, they spent millions and millions of dollars on that ad just because it converted really well.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool.
1: And so none of this, like, jingly stuff, you know, just, you know, like just really simple and they split test a lot. And I just kind of hear that more and more and more, you know. Um. So, yeah, you really, it's, it's one of those things that it's like, it's so industry specific, you know, contrast that to let's say um, your space, Jared, you know, which is teaching people how to buy online businesses. You've got to, it's a, it's a trust thing, right? Like yeah. you've got to build trust for people. So I would imagine that long copy would work incredibly well in a, in a space where you're being an authority and you're educating people, people, you know, their instinct is to think, oh, you know, how can I trust this person? So you need to build a rapport and trust with people.
0: Yeah, it's more about building a relationship with people, not just with one ad and trying to get them to convert, but build a relationship exactly. with people through content and then emails and then them seeing you again and again and again. And yeah, yeah. So it's a longer, you know, it's a longer journey for people to come on board. With somebody who's going to guide you to do something then i just need to i just need to buy this product because i need to brush my teeth or whatever it is
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and many people i find are quite fearful of running like long copy ads but i have spent a fortune split testing long copy versus short copy and often nine times out of ten long copy wins you know and so I just would really encourage your listeners to uh, explore the option of long copy. And by long copy, I mean, like, you know, three to 500 words, like
0: long. Cool. That's oh. cool that people are reading that on, on say, Facebook.
1: Well, it's funny. Initially, I was shocked. I thought, God, this is so not going to work. And when it did work, I'm like, wow. Like, And then I thought, well, you know, thought about it. And I thought, well, actually, it's not that... Um, amazing because it almost becomes like a mini landing page and they haven't left the platform. And if they do make it down the bottom, well, then they're somewhat invested in in that journey of that copy. And as I said, it kind of becomes a mini landing page. If the copy is, if there's good targeting, if it's relevant to the targeting, and if it's written in such a way that's engaging for people if the copy of it has been spaced out nicely it's such that it's really easy to read because you know people make the mistake of chunking all this text in the one paragraph and on a phone it's actually quite hard to read so you've got to space it out in such a way that it's skimmable etc
0: i've noticed now i don't really like instagram personally um i don't like social media personally but i've like I don't really go on Instagram, so I get updates from my partner of what's happening with our lives and friends on from Instagram, which is great. <laughs> but I go on Instagram sometimes to so just do a bit of R&D, and I see that some people, and they've been doing it for a while now, is they won't just put a really good image up, but they get a lot of engagement because they write a good, solid engaging post, Yeah. It's more about the writing than just the image on some of their uh, Instagram images. And I think that's, you know, people are really creating a good connection and trust through doing that. And like you said, long copy on a sales page, it's what sells um, and what builds trust. So I'm glad that you said nine times out of 10, because that's astounding. I like that. I like that stat.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, honestly, like no one was more shocked than me, you know, but, I mean, that's why you have to test everything is that you just actually don't know what will work unless you unless you test it. So yeah. um, don't make any assumptions and I, I'm the first to put my hand up and say I've been proven wrong so many times and if you're not the target audience, then you can't make any assumptions in that respect. Um, yeah. But, yeah, with those couple of tips I gave where, like, you know, write questions that you think people are going to say yes to and you know make sure you space the copy out such that it's skimmable and put a link at the bottom of the copy as well as the top and there's all these little strategies that you can do so people don't have to scroll up
0: yeah it's there when they're ready to take action call to action is there so that's right that's that's awesome that's this has been a thrilling podcast where can people find out more about you alana if, you know, other than the um, the challenge, like I know a lot of people are going to go check out the challenge first, but if people just want to read a bit more about you or, or check you out, where can we send people? Sure.
1: Uh, yeah. Best places to teach traffic.com. Um, that's obviously, you know, information about me and, and uh, my journey, which has definitely not been straightforward. Um, we touched on in the beginning, um, sort of the sneaky Google settings. I've actually got a a google gotcha guide it may, that maybe your listeners uh, cool. it's a freebie um, would be interested in so they can go to um teachtraffic.com slash gotcha so g-o-t-c-h-a uh and that sort of tells you the sneaky default settings you need to change when not uh, when creating your campaign amazing um and yeah there you go teachtraffic.com cool.
0: is thank you favorite. so Thank you so much. That's great. There will be links to all that, guys, in the show notes. Again, thank you so much, Alana. Everybody that is listening, thank you for listening as well. That's it for this episode. But before you go, I want you to think of two to three people who own an online business and are running ads. And do them a massive favor and share this podcast episode because there's so many insights that Alana shared that are invaluable. So please send that over to them. And yes, it's going to help me grow the show and get more more listeners as well but um, more so give some great feedback to people that have an online business so they can help themselves with ads as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.